This is a topical message that I'm going to be speaking today. This message has to do with a very serious subject of abortion. Um, well, there have been many uh, people who have been praying all week long about this. I've asked them to, and I'm very thankful that you have. But I want to say this. If you are here this morning and you have had an abortion or you have been involved in an abortion or anything of that nature, um, there is forgiveness at the cross of Jesus Christ. There is forgiveness for that and all sin at the cross of Jesus Christ. I don't want you to leave here feeling like you've been beat up, but we're going to speak frankly about this. Uh, we must speak frankly about this. So if that is you, and you are um, upset or you are burdened down by guilt and shame or whatever it is, you feel free. Please call me. Uh, my number is on the back of the bulletin along with John's. Feel free to call me. I promise you I won't beat you up with the Bible. But we need to address this. We need to address it as a church. Our scripture readings this morning... One is a responsive reading from the Old Testament, and then we have two from the New Testament, the epistles. If you have your scripture sheets in front of you, um, you will see that there are going to be many passages to which we will be referring. There is a common theme. The theme is that of God's creation of us in His image, and the theme is us bowing our knee and changing our hearts and minds into conformity with His Word. So responsively, we will read from Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 27, and then Genesis 4, 8 through 10. Hear the Word of the Lord. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. And when they were in the field... Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Now the New Testament reading from Romans 12 1 through 2, and then 2 Corinthians 10, 5 through 6. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We destroy the arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your disobedience is complete. This is the Word of God. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, it is no, uh, it is no secret that you have taken the familiarity of that term, Father, and that you have given that to us to address you so that we might know indeed that we are your children and that you have extended your love to us 
Father, we pray, we pray that you would give to us the comfort of Holy Spirit, O Holy Spirit of God. We know that in order to be comforted, we must first be convicted so that we might know the comfort that can only come through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. So convict us. We trust your hand. We trust that you are not a vindictive God, but rather you are a loving God who is holy, and you must deal with us. So deal with us. We pray as well, Father, that you would be with those of this congregation who, who are experiencing different difficulties, both in life and in this week. We pray, Almighty God, for those who are here who are discouraged, who are doubting, who are fearful. We pray for your comfort upon them. We pray, Almighty God, that you would be with those who grieve. We pray for Amelia Kearney in this day as she uh, is experiencing the grief of the loss of her grandfather and attending as he is buried. We pray, Father, that you would continue to be with Phil and Sally Halley, that they would know of your presence with them and that they would know that you are the God of all comfort and God of all healing and that you will do your good work. We pray that that good work would include, Almighty God, the healing of Phil's body. We pray that you would uphold Sally through these times of great difficulty. Give her your comfort and your strength. Father, I pray for Jane Whittington. I pray thanking you for your protection in this last week, and I pray that in the days to come, as she has surgery, that you will again protect her and that you would give her healing from her surgery. Oh, Lord God, we know there are many things that we could bring before you, but you know our hearts and you know our minds, and we trust that you would work your sovereign will in us according to your loving plan. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. I have, over the last several years, as I know John has, and we've talked about this, this, this recurring question that comes from pagan and Christian alike, where people say, what in the world is going on? What's going on with our, with our culture? What's going on in this world? The things that we're seeing are troubling us. The things that are happening in the, in the public sphere, in our families, in the churches, it all, we look at it and we wonder what's going on. Some of those signs, some of those what we call something of a planetary alignment sign. We now have a national debt that is roughly $31 trillion and climbing steadily. We have our own language, words, that we used to know the definitions to, that we are now confused, and things are being redefined to the point of insanity, making communication in the broad open culture context next to impossible in order to simplify and understand what people are saying. We have no clarity about truth from most of the media. We don't know what's actually happening. We don't know, with very few exceptions, what truth is. We have international shame in our country. We have humiliation. Don't forget the humiliation of the exit from Afghanistan, where we all grieved. 
with the advent of critical race theory and Black Lives Matter, we now have political leaders openly advocating Marxist ideology and some evangelical church leaders advocating some of the same philosophies. We have a virtually porous southern border with an estimated 2.38 million illegal border crossings in 2022. That is up 1.7 million from the year before. We have children with their parents' permission and some at their parents' urging permanently disfiguring and changing their lives forever. What's going on? Does it really surprise us that over the last two plus generations that we have grown up in, after the decision of Roe versus Wade, that we are now producing a generation that has utterly departed from anything that even tiptoes near absolute truth. Sexuality, gender, pronouns, guilt about ethnicity, total disregard for human life. What is going on? Francis Schaeffer warned of these things in a message that he gave at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church in 1982. By the way, on the back of your scripture sheets, I've included two references. One of them is the website of that particular address by Francis Schaeffer, and then there's a book there that we'll get to in a moment. We have been attacking and assaulting and totally disregarding the image of God for over half a century. And we see that it really does have an effect on our grandparents, our parents, on us, on our children, on our grandchildren, and on and on and on. Folks, I believe that we are now experiencing what it is like to be under the judgment of Almighty God. The Word of God tells us that He causes rain to fall upon the righteous and the unrighteous alike. When we're in a country that has done as we have done, is it any surprise to us that we are seeing that God will not tolerate this? In Genesis chapter 1 that we just read a moment ago, chapter, verses 26 through 27, we read, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And ever since that time, the enemy of God, the evil one, Satan himself, has been intent on tearing apart that image because he hates that image. This is what we are experiencing. This is the experience that people go through when they allow this to occur. The pulpits of our country, evangelical pulpits, have been very quiet about these things. May God have mercy on us. Just because last year 
Roe versus Wade was overturned. Are we really, are we really naive enough to think we won? It's a good thing, don't get me wrong. That's a very good thing, for that for which we should be very thankful. Thankful to God for what He has done. Thankful for a court that would be willing to stand for truth. But do you know that in this day, today, that it's just it's the redoubled efforts of those who would have this horrific thing done in our land, where children are slain in their mother's wombs, torn out from their mother's wombs, that the, this current administration has now made it legal to mail the abortion pill to all the states, in essence, turning every woman's home into an abortion clinic. Do you know that? We have not won. And the enemy will not back off. And we must begin to think, to speak, and to act truthfully. What do we mean by that? It means that we begin to think. We take our minds and we begin to, as Paul reminds us in Romans and in 1 Corinthians, that we begin to submit our thinking to His Word. And that we begin to speak according to His Word. Truth. And that we begin to act according to His Word. We live in a culture that this is, this is not going to be received happily. You know that. And sadly, in many of our churches today, this will not be received happily. But we are people of the Word. This body, this church, has been established upon the Word of God. You have leadership which has been committed to standing on the truth of the Word of God. And may God be pleased to bless us in that. In 2010, the late Dr. R.C. Sproul said, I've spent my whole life studying and teaching theology. And I can tell you, if I know anything at all about God, I know that God hates abortion. And I know that He will not tolerate this forever. And He has not. It doesn't mean that he won't tolerate it by getting rid of it. It means that where it exists, his judgment will come. Many of you have watched the movie, The Patriot, where Mel Gibson, who plays Benjamin Martin, has this repetitive phrase that he says. He says, I have long feared that my sins would return to visit me, and the cost is more than I can bear. We are paying the cost for our sin. We are paying the cost for the sin of our nation. In 2020, when COVID hit, I discovered that I was considerably behind the curve when it came to technology. Because initially, we weren't meeting in person. And I spent several Sundays preaching to an empty sanctuary while I videoed it, that whole worship on my iPhone. I had it propped up on a, on a uh, tripod. 
And so I had the misery of preaching to an empty room and leading in all the different aspects of worship. And then we would take that video and we'd send it out to all the members so that in their own homes, our families could have some order and structure to worship with. On one occasion, Karen and I and our daughter were trying to worship with that video in our den. And as it would occur, while I was preaching on the video, I fell asleep in my den and was awakened to them laughing at me because apparently I was snoring. And it dawned on me that I had the unique privilege of being probably one of the only preachers who has actually fallen asleep on himself while preaching. You may have noticed that the church of Jesus Christ has been asleep, both in her preachers and in her parishioners. She has been asleep, and we have concurrently allowed this to go on. We have failed. We have failed to faithfully address in our preaching, in our prayers, in our families, the church. We have failed to address this horrific sin that has been going on. I know that does not mean everybody. But by and large, that is the truth. And all the while... After ignoring this particular subject, we have become woke. We have become awakened to so-called social ills and social issues. And some have even been content to invent social ills that we could then virtue signal our guilt away before everyone else while accusing others who don't see that of those very sins that they have imagined. And all the while, between 1973, Roe versus Wade, and today, over 60 million babies have been killed in their mother's wombs in this country. Folks, that's a big number. 60 million plus. We should be grieving. So I want to ask you, do you really believe that the baby in the womb is a human being created Imago Dei, in the image of God. Ask yourself a question. Today, if the government were to pass a law, or there was another Supreme Court decision that said mothers could take the life of their one-year-old child, would we be upset? Yeah, I think we would. I think you would see us marching in the streets. I think you would see us proclaiming that this is murder, this is horror, this is terrible. How about a six-month-old? Three months, one month, one week, one hour. You see what I'm saying. All of those, we would be absolutely horrified. We would be calling our representatives. We would be demanding that the court overturn this tragedy. This travesty. 
we would begin to truly think according to truth. In January of 2019, the New York State Legislature passed its own Reproductive Health Act, which is another one of those terms that we have turned into something that is not, this opposite week. Reproductive Health Act. And they had a standing ovation Standing ovation with loud cheers, and you can watch the video. What did the law do? It made abortion legal all the way up to birth for any reason. And they cheered. Do we even grieve? What basis could Dr. Sproul say what he said? If you will, look in your scripture sheets, Exodus chapter 21, verses 22 through 25. I will remind you that this is the Word of God. When men strive together and hit a pregnant woman so that her children come out, but there is no harm, The one who hit her shall surely be fined, as the woman's husband shall impose on him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. But if there is harm, then you shall pay life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe." How do you think God sees what we have been doing? This is God. God gave this law. God is the one who said, if this baby is harmed, if this baby dies as a result of what these men have foolishly done, even accidentally done, that there shall be payment. There shall be payment in the same payment that is done for murder. We need to bring our thinking into conformity with the Word of God. We need to begin to think, actively think, according to the Word of God. In the New York State, there is the Department of Health in the New York State Department of Health statistics from 2017 said this that there were actually of all black pregnancies that took place in the state of New York specifically in the New, in New York City all the black pregnancies that were that happened over half ended in abortion do you get that i mean do we really get that do you, do we understand the reality of that that when in new york city these black mothers were pregnant that over half of them killed their babies. I'll ask you, where were the churches, the evangelical churches in New York City? Where was the preaching about abortion? Where was the call? Where was the prayer? Where was the grieving over that horrific You see, it's not popular to say those things. It's not acceptable in our culture to cry 
horrific things are happening. That doesn't get you friends on social media. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, he says in verse 2, he says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. By the renewal of your mind, that we would think biblically, that we would think about this subject particularly according to how God thinks of it, that we would say in our hearts and in our minds, first, this is wrong, and it is evil, and it is atrocious, and God will judge this. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 6, verse 5 particularly, he says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And take every thought captive to obey Christ. We take every thought captive. So no, we're not free to think like we want. We are free to think according to the Word of God. We must think that way. We must train our children to think that way. Train our grandchildren to think that way. Even when they tell you to be quiet, they don't want to hear it anymore. We must train them. We must bring them into the worship of Almighty God. We must bring them and have them study the Word of God and understand that this is truth. And that there really is a God. And that God really is a God of judgment. And he is a God of wrath. We cannot shy away from that. We must think truthfully. And by thinking biblically, we will think truthfully. But not only must we think truthfully, we must speak truthfully. I would encourage you to read the book that is on the back of your scripture sheet. It's a book called Live Not By Lies. It's written by a man named Rod Dreher. And Rod Dreher writes in this book about what he terms um, soft tyranny. Does everybody know what soft tyranny is? Soft tyranny, oh, let me back up, hard tyranny is what was experienced in the former Soviet Union, the former Soviet bloc, where they were, they were imprisoned and, and killed. And when everyone would speak, they were silenced like that. But it didn't start like that. No, it started with a soft tyranny. The soft tyranny is when you are canceled. It's when you are forced in order to have the promotion in your work that you're forced to agree with certain things or be sitting still while certain things are being taught to you. That you, if you don't do those things, not only will you probably not get that promotion, but you will likely not keep your job. You do know that there are people that are losing their job for what they say, right? I'm not talking about bad things. I'm talking about things that are true. They're, getting, they're losing their job. We have people that are losing their jobs, teachers losing their jobs because they refuse to refer to a student according to their preferred pronouns. That's happening, folks. ask you a question. You tell me. Are the proponents of critical race theory or the proponents of the Black Lives Matter movement, are those people more compassionate toward the black community than the Word of God? 
Are we, do we not know that? Then why can't we speak it? Why can't we speak according to the Word of God? It won't be easy. No, yes, you're right. You say, Brian, I could lose my job. I know. I know. Or I could lose friends. I know. I know. My children may not come around. I know. They may not let me see my grandchildren. I know. I know. I know. We must speak truth. I refuse. I refuse. I cannot. I refuse to refer to a man named Bruce Jenner as his chosen female name. And I'm not trying to be funny. I refuse to refer to him as her, no matter what Fox News does. I refuse. Well, you say, Brian, why do you refuse? Aren't you being a little bit picky? And what about being, you're going to lose your ability to speak into his life if you do that? No. What are we speaking into people's lives? <laughs> am I going to confirm him in his sin? Am I, am I going to affirm what he has sinfully adopted? I can't do that. And neither can we fail to speak truthfully about what abortion is. No matter what people say. We must. If, if we are successfully told to be silent, we lose. But if we think that's bad, we will give an account. One of the things that, that I find, if you ask me what keeps me awake and what won't allow me to sleep at night sometimes, it's, it comes from the book of Ezekiel. It's in Ezekiel chapter 3. It's not on your scripture sheet. If you have your Bible, you can turn to it. It's Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. Would you listen to this? And at the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way in order to save his life, that wicked person shall die for his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, or from his wicked way, he shall die for his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. Again, if a righteous person turns from his righteousness and commits injustice, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because you have not warned him, he shall die for his sin, and his righteous deeds that he has done shall not be remembered, but his blood I will require at your hand. That's what keeps me awake. It ought to keep all of us awake. For it's not just the preacher. We must speak truth. Or there will be payment. No, I'm not talking about the loss of your salvation. But indeed, do we really fear man more than we do God? Are we, are we there? Are we at that point where we look around at our surrounding culture, where we look around at everything and we say, you know what? I don't want to talk about this to them. 
Are you worried that this sermon is going to be on our website? I'm not joking. I thought about that. In Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 13 through 15, For from the least of the, to the greatest of them, everyone is greedy for unjust gain. And from prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed. They did not know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall from among, fall among those who fall. At the time that I punish them, they shall be overthrown, says the Lord. Folks, we have to speak. We have to speak according to the truth. We must not deal with sin lightly. We must not deal with this particular sin lightly. We cannot sit here and tell someone Again, remember what I said at the beginning. If you've had an abortion or you've been involved in someone who has had an abortion in some way, there is forgiveness. But it comes as we acknowledge that what we have done is sin. I've heard so many women say, that they have gone to a counselor or they've gone to a pastor and they have said, you know, you just need, I, you, you made a mistake. You made a mistake. Now, what you need to do is just say you're not going to make that mistake again. There's nothing you can do about that. God, God is forgiving this mistake. That's happening all around. And we think we're being compassionate. How is that compassion? When, the, when a woman comes and she has this burden of guilt and shame because she knows what she's done, and we heal that lightly by saying, it's okay, darling. It's okay. No, it's sin. It is the killing of the child that the Lord knit together in that womb. We must address that truthfully, and then we must take them to the cross of Jesus Christ. You can't go there until the sin is addressed truthfully. Do you get that? You're not healing them. You are consigning them to the burden of guilt and shame because they can't figure out why they have it. We must speak truthfully according to the Word of God. But we can't stop there. We have to act truthfully. We have to be those who act according to the Word of God. Now, be forewarned. You're going to feel uncomfortable about what I'm about to say. I've had several, more than one of you, who has addressed this with me in this past week. But listen to me. There are actions and activities in this world where we have what is known as Christian liberty. There are those actions and activities in this world. We, we have the ability to do certain things. You think of, um, you, you can eat meat sacrificed to idols without your conscience being struck down. You can drink alcohol. That's a Christian liberty. Voting for candidates who are pro-abortion is not a matter of Christian liberty. It is not. Back up again. If you had a candidate who was running for office, who was advocating the killing of all one-year-old boys, making that legal, 
would you vote for them? No. No, 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 of course you wouldn't. You would say, that's evil. I will not vote for that person. Then why would we say that voting for a candidate who promised that he would see to it that Roe versus Wade was codified by federal law across this country, why would we think that we had the freedom to vote for them? You can't. Now, you can say, as I'm sure some of you are thinking right now, you're not supposed to say that, Bryant. I have the freedom to vote for whom I wish. You can't tell me who to vote for. No, I can't. I can't tell you who to vote for. But God can. The Word of God can. I cannot vote for someone, be they Republican, Democrat, Independent, or Martian, who is pro-abortion. I can't. Say, well, aren't you just becoming a single-issue voter then? I'd say, well, I guess. I guess so. What do you do when you have no choice because everybody is pro-abortion. We want to get to that day. Do we really want to get to that day? May God have mercy and protect us from that day. Psalm 94, verses 20 through 23. Again, hear the word of God. Can wicked rulers be allied with you? Talking to God. Can wicked rulers be allied with you? Those who frame injustice by statute? Does that not sound like what we're talking about? That they make laws? They band together against the life of the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. Does that not apply? It most certainly applies. Christian, it applies to us. But the Lord has become my stronghold and my God, the rock of my refuge. He will bring back on them their iniquity and wipe them out for their wickedness. The Lord our God will wipe them out. <laughs> we have... All across our country, we have parties and candidates who are redoubling their efforts right now to see to it that this overturning of Roe v. Wade is turned back and made stronger. You know that. You're not naive. I know you know that. How can I throw my vote behind someone who has vowed to do that? I can't. The Word of God won't permit me to do that. So, do we believe this? I am really perplexed by the statement of so many Christians or politicians or even Christian politicians who say, I believe abortion is the taking of a human life, except in the instance of rape or incest. I know I'm making you really uncomfortable right now, but I want to ask you, Did the baby commit a sin? Oh, I know that those circumstances, I know those circumstances are horrific. Those circumstances are absolutely horrific. And that, and that whole situation is one that we pray, pray, pray does not occur. But it does occur. 
it does occur. We dealt with one of those situations in Alabama. And it's horrific. Never want to deal with it again. But did that baby in that womb, is that baby a life? Is it? That baby didn't commit the crime of his father. And since when do we execute the child for the sin of the father? It is a life. A human life created in the image of God, brought about through circumstances that were horrific. But that baby is not horrific. And it will not solve the issue by killing the child. So what now? What are we to do? We must repent. We must repent. We must repent of our failure. Our failure to think biblically. Our failure to speak biblically. And our failure to act biblically in conformity with the Word of God. Those who would see this done in our land and redoubled and strengthened are building up forces. Trust me, it's true. They're building up forces. Forces to attack the church in order to have abortion strong and active across our land. When I was preparing for this message, um, John gave, sent me an article knowing that I was preparing for this. In this article, it's about the UN. It's about the UN and their efforts along these lines. And they say... <laughs> That abortion, hear me, abortion is a God-given right. Do you know that? And they're saying that it's a God-given right that the church must get behind. So I'll hand you the article when we, if you want it. That the church must be co-opted to get behind. That they're seeking to, quote-unquote, harness pulpits to promote this. What do you think is going to happen when the church says no? Oh, I pray it will. You think people are going to be happy? We're not, we can't be that naive. So we must think, we must speak, and we must act in conformity to the Word of God. May God Almighty be pleased to grant us His mercy. If you will, please pray with me. Our Heavenly Father, Almighty God, You who have declared Yourself to be holy, 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 as You spoke, as You spoke to Cain after he killed his brother. You said, his blood cries out to me for, from the ground. Almighty God, the cries of the blood of over 60 million babies in our day 
have been crying out to you. And we pray that you will have mercy upon us. We pray that you would break out upon this church. That you, O Holy Spirit of God, would break out upon the church throughout our country. That you would bring men, women, children, pastors, elders, deacons, leaders to repentance that you would cause our hearts to truly be broken. And we pray that as you hear our prayers of repentance before you, that you will have mercy upon your church and upon this country. And Almighty God, if it, is, if it is past the filling up of time and your justice and your wrath is coming upon us, we pray that you would cause your people to stand. We pray that you would cause us to stand in the face of horrific persecution and pain. All the while knowing that you, Lord Jesus, when you return and you stand upon this earth, that you will establish us forever. Either way, make us faithful and have mercy. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Our hymn of response is hymn number nine. We're going to stand and sing, let children hear the mighty deeds. Let them hear. Please stand. what I said, if you want to talk to me, you have my cell number. It's in the back of your bulletin. I will be happy to talk to you. But now, Christian, you who have been clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, who have had his blood shed on your behalf so that you now stand before him in glory, look up and receive the Lord's benediction. And now unto him who is able to keep you from falling, causing you to stand in the presence of his glory, faultless with exceeding joy, unto the most wise God our Savior, 
be glory, majesty, dominion, and power through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.